Hello, people in this airplane we call life. It's your captain speaking, Wolf the Dog. And I'm here to airdrop some news on y'all while flying drunk. We are taking over the skies here at 694.2 PTBP, the Sky Kingdom's newest and best and only radio show. Look out, skybound geese. I'm hungry for bird bones, and these propellers are awfully sharp. I've got an announcement here from my producer. It seems that a few days ago, on the first of the month, the third Patreon-exclusive episode dropped for all of our honorary police officers. Joe, Luke, Taylor, Thomas, and Zach got together and played a disgusting and delicious game of the end of the world. You can hear that, as well as our first two bonus episodes, a Q&A session, and a game of Everyone is John, by following the link to our Patreon in the show notes, or going to patreon.com slash pretending pod, and becoming an honorary police officer by pledging five bucks a month to keep the show alive. Money might help wolf's bowels but honey right in to help wolf's howls it's howling with wolf this week's howling with wolf comes from at the underdash millennial c who tagged that pretending pod in an instagram story y'all know how tickled i get when you take time out of your day to share the show with your friends at the Millennial Sea writes, Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kinda dumb with a finger and a thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brains get smart, but your head get dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You never know if you don't go. You never shine if you don't glow. Yo. Wolf rarely lets his emotions get the best of him. But when someone takes the time to write up something so personal and meaningful, it just... Stop it, Wolf. Stop licking up my tears. Remember, if you want to write up something for your wolf to howl, tag at Pretending Pod on Instagram or Twitter. Tag Pretending To Be People on Facebook. Or write a five-star review and email us at pretendingpod at gmail.com. Fuck all that dumb social media bullshit. After all, it only dictates whether Wolf gets to eat trash or has to eat trash. And Wolf has a distaste for mistakes that dicks fake to get milkshakes. It's time for the news. Last time, Clark Bishop, John Lee Pettymore, and Keith Vigna came to the dark mausoleum of their former co-worker, Ari Manstein. They all had four names burned into their skin. Marvin on the chests, Maggie on the bottom of their left foot, Drew on the backs, and Tilly on their dominant palms. Keith Vigna called the number left by Agent Kennedy, and he answered a few questions from an automated voice. John drove the three of them in Keith's cruiser to Jim Cook's house. In the neighborhood, every light pole was fitted with a sign warning residents about Clark Bishop. 
In Jim Cook's house, Clark showed his partners the book he found and slowly realized he might be the overseer that Maggie Cook and the Circle of Knowledge is intent on bringing back. A slow drip of vodka from the ceiling led the three sort of officers upstairs to search for a room without a door. Keith knocked on the wall to avoid kicking a stud and then put his foot right through the wall in the hallway. It is December 6th, 3 p.m., and Keith Vigna has one foot in. I've got one foot out, and shaking it all about is Kudzu with no backbone. There's some really good ones, yeah. I saw there was like a Zuckerberg one that was like not verbatim, but basically it's like he was he's the one like pushing a bunch of money so that people will go storm Area 51 so they can go find his dad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Fuck Mark Zuckerberg. All right, so Keith gets pushed through this wall by John Lee Pettymore and Clark Bishop. <laughs> and the drywall folds. Also Midsummer spoilers. And uh, <laughs> Keith Vigna lands on the other side covered in debris. And the hole opens up wide enough for you guys to look in. And in this secret room is a small living room setup. There is a chair with an end table facing a small TV VCR that is sitting on top of a pile of thick books. There's a desk with a chair. And there is a handle of vodka sideways on the floor next to the end table poured out onto the rug that barely covers the makeshift floor beneath. When you say makeshift floor... Yeah, I'm picturing... Picturing that this room is kind of like haphazardly constructed, and therefore the floor is this like plywood, like like walking, Just like sitting on the joists. Yeah, like walking through an attic where you only want to walk on the planks. Yeah, but they've made it so that they can at least like walk around. Like he's made the right. all of the floor load bearing for the most part. And you said on the TV, it's static or yeah, there's static on the TV. Are there any uh, VCR tapes lying around? There are no VHS tapes lying around. And what are the books the TV is sitting on? Uh, The books that the TV is sitting on are thick textbooks on radiation and physics and quantum mechanics. Just a lot of lofty shit. A lot of light reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, the <clears throat> in in table or 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 any of the tables, uh, do they have drawers in them? No, but as you uh, walk in and, and look further into this room, uh, you see that on the end table there is a small vial of clear liquid, a scalpel, and a box of tissues. The vial. When I pick it up, how heavy is it? About as heavy as a glass vial should be. Uh, real fast, now that we're kind of standing in the room, taking a look around, could I see another way into this room that wouldn't have needed to be knocked through a wall? Yes. 
What do I see? There's just a small door in the corner of the room. When you open it up, you kind of see on the other side that it was just a false wall. So this was a secret room. This is secret a hidden room. room. So I, I open that door and I see a wall in front of me and I can push on it to open it? Yeah. Got it. So yeah, when, where do yeah. I pop out? Just in the hallway. Okay. Upstairs. Okay. I have this vial in my hand. I'm like, what do you guys taste think this is? Well, I'm not going to taste it, but I haven't opened <laughs> it up yet. With all the weird shit we've been dealing with, I feel like if I open this up, two things could happen. One, absolutely nothing, and then we wonder what happens. Or two, some fucking, something crazy is going to happen. What if you become like a Batman? I don't want to be like Batman. I want to, I don't know. And I open it up. Sorry, I mean a man bat. As you hold on to the bottom of the vial with one hand... Your other hand kind of slowly goes to grasp around the top of the vial and it's shaking a little bit and you slowly twist off the top with the rubber dropper on top. And as you lift it off, absolutely nothing happens. <laughs> I, uh, as I learned in science class, as Keith Fignan learned in science, science class, I waft, nice. waft uh, it into my nose to see if I smell anything. I love the wafting. It's important. For science. Yeah. That way you don't uh, fall over and die in eighth grade science class. <laughs> this uh, this liquid seems to be n- not noxious in any way. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to screw the lid back on and put that in one of my big old pockets for now. Okay. There wasn't a label on it, was there? There was no label on it. Is there anybody else in this room? <laughs> yes. There are. F- <laughs> there's, there's a man. There's a hundred people asking him to, to fight stop you. touching his things. <laughs> Please, sir. Can I do a search to see if I see I? anything else like that I didn't just immediately well, see? Well, as you guys continue to look around this room, you would notice that on the desk are three folders and an envelope. And the TV VCR itself, there is no antenna on it. And there's no coaxial plugged in. It's just the power cable. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, John. Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned a, uh, a TV in one of your... Your visions is, is this the TV? Doesn't seem no. Doesn't seem like it. Can I unplug the TV? Yeah. Uh, when you unplug the TV, the static stops. Like a TV. <laughs> <laughs> I want to feel inside the uh, the VHS slot. There is a VHS in the Ooh, TV VCR. Eject it, please. I, I plug the TV back in. <laughs> when you uh, you plug it in, as John Lee Pettymore is clicking eject, and a VHS pops out, and it is labeled. Bishops, W O F. W O F. Stick it in there and see if we can not. Oh, wait, is the VCR plugged into the TV or is this a TV VCR combo? It's a combo, combo, baby. I go and look at that tape. Is there anything in the W O F that is it an acronym? Is it periods between them or capitalized? All or? capitalized periods in between. You guys know what W O F could mean? We're right. about to find out. Put it back in there. Yeah. See if it'll hit play. An episode of Wheel of Fortune. Oh, (laughs) of course. Well, hell, man, this must have been where old you was hanging out. And as the episode begins to play, you meet the contestants. It's couples week on Wheel of Fortune, and one of the set of contestants, Clark Bishop's parents. A very young Clark Bishop's parents. They say that they had just gotten married and they are trying to win money for their honeymoon. Have I ever seen this before? Nope. Oh, Clark is maybe uh, real, real sentimental about seeing this and sits in the chair opposite the TV and watches intently. John tries 
to see if there's any more vodka left. <laughs> there, there is some, you know, in the, 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 the reservoir on a handle where uh, it wouldn't have poured out the spout, there's that much vodka left. Uh, I take a swig and then pass it to, i uh, offer it to Vigna. I kind of put my hand up, not wanting any of this spilled vodka, but I, I look at, at Clark sitting down and watching this. I'm like, Clark, I know that you like Will of Fortune, but is this really the time to sit down and start watching an episode? This Keith, those those are my those are my parents. I've never seen this before. Those those are my parents on on Wheel of Fortune. That couple right there. And I look at it, and I look at both of them, and I look at Clark, and I'm like, my God, those are your parents. The resemblance is uncanny. Yeah, I've never seen your parents before, but Jesus Christ, are those not your parents? Is it canon that my parents look like me? Oh shit! Because we we might earlier that that might yeah, not be the case. Yeah, we might need I to know I'm adopted. Do you look like your parents? I mean, I yeah, I would say you've always seen it. I've always seen it. <laughs> I want to keep watching the show. I, mean, I don't know how to. Is there a role I can do to say? Is there anything significant to their play, or maybe the puzzles they're doing, or anything that would ping for? Clark as a thing that's interesting to note. <laughs> Do you want to watch the whole episode or are you just going to fast forward through trying to catch like what each puzzle is and who solves it and how they do? Or Honestly, I'll probably watch as much as the boys will let me. <laughs> well, what if you just try to fast forward to your parents' parts? I think pause and fast forward is half fast forward, but yeah, I'll, let's, I'll, just, let's just fast forward. I'll just through. check out my parents' parts. Anytime they're on camera, I'll push play. You keep going through. They seem to be doing quite well. So we'll fast forward until just your parents' parts and watch that. If you fellas don't mind, I I I haven't seen this before, and it's nice to see them moving around. Yeah, and it's just weird as fuck that this is happening right now, that those are your parents. Uh, While he is watching it, I'm going to continue searching around this room. Yeah, absolutely. So you would notice that there are the three folders and an envelope that are on the desk. Yeah, I would like to uh, open up each of those, starting with the first. Okay. (laughs) All right. So you open up one of the folders, and on the inside, you see a large stack of papers. It is labeled... Operation Stapler. How thick of a stack of papers? Quite thick. On the second page, there is a massive logo that you recognize. It is an M that is made out of four double helices. Is there an appendices? What's the thing at the very beginning? Index. (laughs) There is an index at the beginning as well. So basically the front page says Operation Stapler. On the second page, it's got the logo of the M with the double helices and under it with the same M spelled out, it says Myriad. Myriad? M-Y-R-I-A-D. Can I go to the index and see what the uh, like highlights of the of the paper? Yeah, absolutely. So this is basically a program respec. So this is someone who is going through and rewriting an existing program to create androids. And the whole respec of this program is to cut down on cost and sell to private companies. Is there any um, thing in this about cutting costs of, of where they cut cost on these androids? Yeah, pretty much all across the board. They cut it in staff, they cut it in research, they cut it in supplies, every aspect. But not anything that indicates in the new androids specifically like a certain thing they really cut costs on. Nope. 
Mostly just an okay. overall cut. Is there any indication of what private companies they thought they might be able to sell them to? There are no indications. I want to Google Myriad. The corp, like, not the word, but the... When you Google Myriad, go ahead and roll. Do you have a computer's skill of some sort? Yeah, 50 in computer science. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. use that. 69, which is a success. Oh, it's fuck it, 66. It's a fucking critical <laughs> fail. fail. <laughs> oh, no. Myself, my smartphone explodes. Actually, looking at your phone, which is the phone that was just in Kevin's clothes. It, it's not a smartphone. All right. <laughs> fuck. You texted Google. <laughs> Cha-cha. Cha-cha. What yeah, is Myriad? I was trying just, to remember what that was called. It gives the <laughs> description of the actual word. Yeah. Cha-cha. That was awesome before you could just Google things on your phone. Cha-Cha was awesome. Uh, the the screen on your phone wobbles in a very strange way and covers your phone screen before it just goes back to normal. R- real fast, are androids something in this world that we know about? No. Okay. It's weird how often that you've interacted with them in the past six <laughs> days for them to have never been a thing in your life previous. Aside from film and television. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I think maybe we might get copyright stung on this by George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> the inventor of androids. He's a, he's a go-getter. I think he's droid, not android. <laughs> Clark, as you keep fast-forwarding through, your parents are killing it. They took a commanding lead in the very, uh, in the very first puzzle. They were always good at it. The second folder on this desk, uh, it's the exact same setup with the papers and on the front page... It says Operation Hole Puncher. <laughs> On the second page, there is the logo for the Circle of Knowledge. And then underneath it, it says Circle of Knowledge. This one is a, a smaller paper, and the index is just a list of companies. Myriad is not on that list. Uh, as you go through them, Myriad is not on the list, and they are mostly nonprofits, charities, think tanks and universities is it small enough that i could maybe flip through to the first few maybe like an introductory page and learn what this is what it it pertains to a list of companies and then each page of the company has a date and an address and a phone number how many companies are there there are hundreds okay on to the third folder clark your parents keep winning they just keep winning. They're, they're knocking it out of the park. Both of them have now succeeded at calling out a puzzle. And they make it to the bonus round, the final round, final Jeopardy, if you will. I figured they would. The third folder on the desk is called Operation Three Ring Binder. And it is empty. But inside one of the pockets in this folder is this item. And you pull it out, and it is a dirty dog grooming key fob. <laughs> okay. I have a... Keith has a crazy idea. He opens up that first folder again. I slip the ring on my finger, and I press it to the page with the M, embossment or, or image. As you move your hand closer to this page with the image of the M on it, your hand starts shaking, and you get close... And then you press the ring onto the paper, 
and nothing happens. <laughs> I knew that's what was going to happen, but I wanted to try. <laughs> I'd like to open the envelope. Uh, okay. Clark, the bonus round starts, and they put the uh, the clue up on, but they don't you know, do the letters yet, and then the bonus letters come on. R-S-T-L-N-E. Thank you. Yeah. And your mom turns to your dad and says... We were already given the best letters. They solve the puzzle and win the prize of the Wheel of Fortune. And it, the prize is a honeymoon. It may as well be. They win a honeymoon. Where do they go? Oh. Uh, Branson. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's an all expense paid trip to Branson, Missouri. Four nights, three Woo. days. <laughs> That's back in peak Branson, mind you. Uh, before Andy Williams die. Yeah. Off Smirnoff. Anyway, Thomas John Lee Pettymore goes to the envelope, and I am now handing Thomas an envelope. Keith looks at, at John, Kevin, and just hoping that he reads it out loud. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> what's it? What's it say, dude? Hold on. Oh, cool. You know the Wheel of Fortune theme song? Nope, that's Jeopardy, right? <laughs> that's Jeopardy. Wheel of Fortune. I don't know what there's. Wheel of Fortune is mostly like. I can't think of it's an a bunch of the theme. stuff, and there's like Wheel of Fortune, yeah. and then it goes into Pat Sajak. It's motherfucking Pat Sajak <laughs> up in this. Can you just read it out loud, though? <laughs> okay it starts with the the symbol of the circle of knowledge and it says faith through knowledge is just called knowledge which is the start of jim cook's letter disputing the revelations of the overseer all right faith through knowledge is just called knowledge fellow keepers it is with great sadness i write to you i fear a change is coming i cannot be certain but i suspect there is one among us scheming with treacherous intent i have recently grown a tale he is not particularly skilled in going unnoticed. He is an odd little man with round glasses on a fat face with no hair and no chin. He is a journalist fired for trying to write an expose on Marvin Glass. Stay alert. Step carefully. We are being watched. Jim Cook. And uh, a lot of the letters are either over or underlined. Huh? Uh, so I'm just trying to write those out right now. Round glasses, fat face? Yeah. Would that remind me of John Peters? Didn't he have a round face? A lot of people have round faces <laughs> where I come from. Who was the uh, food guy? What food guy? Behind curtain number three. Harold Dorsey. Oh, oh Harold yeah. Dorsey. Behind curtain number three. Behind Dorsey. <laughs> yeah, he was a food critic. I don't know. He might. I, I guess he could have uh, been that lying. That was just the first thing I popped in my mind. It probably isn't, but. Yeah. Her, her, yeah. Because we, I looked up his website. He was he was a food food guy. I mean, I guess he could have maybe stumbled on something and decided to run with it for a Marvin Glass thing. But yeah, probably not. I, don't I know. mean, he was following around. God damn it! Who was he following around? He was fo- he was following. He was trying to get Maggie Cook. But why? Why was he following Maggie? Why was he? Maybe because she's Jim's son. And he was following Jim. But he there was a reason. Well, fuck! I don't remember. It's probably in my notes somewhere. God damn it. Okay, I can't. Here's this letter. I can't make heads or tails of the underlying letters. I got uh, Macau Agak. Is that? 
<laughs> Anything close? Macawagak. Yeah, you nailed it. 10 bonus points. So some of them are overlined, some of them are underlined. I will post a picture of this letter on our Instagram at pretending pod and on our Twitter at pretending pod. All right. So I, I think I've got to figure it out. Listening along at home yeah. and you want to try yourself, you might want to go to the pretending to be people Instagram page now and take a look at that letter. At pretending pod, hop on there, pause this, see if you can solve it yourself. Because Thomas is about to break this motherfucker wide open. All right, so it's two sets of letters. What was are, that about Instagram, John? I don't know. I, I was speaking in tongues. How do I there's two sets of letters here. Half of them are overlined and half of them are underlined. The overlined letters spell out Maggie. The underlined letters spell out Cook. I think old Jim was trying to tell us that his daughter, Maggie, is the, the traitor he suspects is among us. Will you read Will you read that opening, that part where he... Dear Keepers, it is with great sadness I write to you. I fear a change coming. I cannot be certain, but I suspect there is one among us scheming with treacherous intent. And then he also, he mentioned his, uh... Oh, hell, what did we decide his name was? The reporter. Harold Dorsey. Harold Dorsey. Harold Dorsey. So I was, I was mulling that over. I don't remember exactly why he was following Maggie, but he, he came in and told Drew that he was going over to Maggie's, and Drew said, I'd help you in. Now that I think about it, Keith, Harold Dorsey just ran a blog. I don't know. He was old enough. He could have had a life in journalism before that. They said he got axed because he was touching a Marvin thing. Well, let's look into some of the stuff he was writing about before he started talking about Marvin. Did he have an interest in the supernatural? Talking about Harold, I stepped over Harold with Drew's body to pull him out of that exploding building. Harold was following Maggie. Just Harold. H-A-R-R-E-L-L. Harold? Harold? Okay, well, Harold. let me start that all Like over a again. man Carol? I thought it was Harold <laughs> Dorsey. Yeah, I definitely did too, because Harold's not a fucking name. H-A-R-R-E-L-L. I wrote down Harold. Hey! Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Shit. Oh, Kiss shit. ass. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to get Luck, you. please. We're going to get you after this podcast, Joe. <laughs> Uh, Joe gets five luck. <laughs> What's that put your luck at now, Joe? If you're really giving it to me, it makes me 60. Oh, I'm giving it to you. <laughs> I found out the Maggie Cook thing. <laughs> he just Actually. licked your taint a little bit. <laughs> well, you're so now really you know. taking a lot of the role play out of this uh, for me. Uh, <laughs> this has all been an elaborate sexual fantasy for Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Power fantasy, baby. Anyway, Harold Dorsey, I stepped over him with everything body about sex and, uh, except yeah. for sex, which is about power. power. <laughs> Harold died in the explosion, yeah. or was he dead already when he walked in? No, when I walked in, it was Harold and Drew laying next to each other, puke all over the place. Maggie's foot cut off. James, the mill worker's foot cut off. I don't know if he's eating it or not, but a plate full of foot meat bullet in front in of head. him, bullet in his head. I tripped some sort of wire and I had a split second decision to make. I drug Drew out of there. I stepped over Harold Dorsey's body. So our theory right now is that Harold Dorsey turns out was tailing Jim Cook and Jim Cook surmised that he was a disgraced journalist who had been searching for Marvin. Well, I don't know. Well, if, if it's kind of two things that are kind of going against was, each other. He was fired for writing about Marvin. Now we, we know he had a blog, right? Have we looked into that? I thought. Can, can we just? I thought for the most right part now? it was a food blog because I remember how we found out about Harold was 
the Daily Fug. Maybe he was obsessed with finding out what foot meat tasted like. But also, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta admit, haven't this you been wondering? Just occurred to me. He was a food writer, and Gary, that runs the Daily Fud, was yeah. following him around. But Gary also had images that relate back to the circle of knowledge in the Daily Fud. He had a bunch of photos so up. You're right. I'm trying to think now if. Was Gary really trying to get a food review out of him, or was he following him around because of the the circle of knowledge, or, or something like was that? Was Gary following him around? Gary was following Harold around, and Harold so was following Maggie. Well, then I have I have a little theory. Then it seems that Harold might have been in an amateur enthusiast in this sort of uh, otherworldly knowledge, and perhaps. He wasn't really accepted by any of these groups. The circle of knowledge probably didn't let him in, but he he had some suspicions, so he's following these people around. Maggie's identified as this traitor, perhaps, in this note, and maybe he got some word of that, and that's why he was following her. What if you, as another theory, take out the supernatural elements that we've discovered, and he just found some connection between the cooks and Marvin. That could be, too. I like that, actually. Occam's razor. Well, talking about Maggie, and I know we're bringing a lot of stuff up now, but you told me, us, I suppose, that Maggie inducted you into this circle of knowledge. If her dad is saying that, I mean, based off this envelope, that Maggie's not to be trusted. She's gone rogue, perhaps. Well, what do you think about that? What do we think about the order that our two Jim Cook's letters were written in? Do you think that he suspected Maggie and then decided that the circle of knowledge was full of uh, the the writings of a madman or the scrawlings of a crazed man or something like that was in the first letter that we read? Do you think so? I'm sorry. Do you think one led to the other? And which way do you think it went? I'd imagine that one came first since he quotes his his own phrase. Uh faith through knowledge is just called knowledge at the start of this letter and perhaps his uh, doubts in their book led Maggie to turn against him well I think the faith through knowledge is just knowledge is a circle of knowledge slogan Maggie said it to me actually herself that's not a very good slogan <laughs> Ma- Maggie said that to me pretty much verbatim she was telling me that she knew I had faith and she needed me to have knowledge that's when she showed me that that creature I told you about well so <sighs> When I met Maggie, that's who I would be. That's who I would trust. But learning all of this new stuff, if her own father, if we've deciphered this correctly, her own father's maybe saying that Maggie Cook can't be trusted. Do you, uh, how how much trust do you have in Maggie I mean, Cook? She's the chief, Keith. I've always trusted her with my life. But the chief died. We don't even know the fuck. I this saw Maggie, Cook, Maggie is. Cook. I don't even know what I saw. I saw Maggie Cook dead. But you're saying that you saw her alive and you, and she inducted you into this thing and now I've got this letter telling us that she is not to be trusted. What what do we do about this? Here's the thing is that whether or not she can be trusted, should be trusted, whether it's her or not, the thing she showed me was real as day in my eyes. I, I saw the thing. It scared the daylights out of me. But what if she's not showing you the whole truth? They're only telling you part of her plans. I'm just saying... It, if 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 she's telling me that she wants to stop the thing, I would want to stop the thing. So I mean, I guess she could be lying about wanting to stop it. I, well, I don't know. 
I want to stop the thing, fellas. I agree with that as well. I mean, we got to stop the thing, and we can figure out all all this where any where any alliances lie later on. But I think at the end of the day, we got to stop you know whatever's going on. And I think Marvin Glass is our 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 biggest problem at this point right now. Well, he's our most addressable problem. Exactly, John. Are. It's th- it's something we can do. Well, and it's something that. Basically, my alliance lies with him basically blackmailing me into being his ally. You've just incurred a debt to him. That's Right. Well, and Kevin John, I mean, what's... I don't have any loyalty to him, but... And neither do you, so I think this is a this is who we should be focusing on right now, and I think we ought to head that way, and uh, I still like our original plan that... Is there any more documents in this room? I w- I'll tell you what... Clark is wondering about, and so maybe he'll rifle through papers. Can he find a connection between Jim and or Maggie to Marvin? The only connection that you would be able to find in this room has already been laid out, which is a folder that is labeled Operation Three Ring Binder and has a dirty dog grooming key fob inside of it. Did Maggie have one of those? I don't know. Just John Peters. How do we reckon that that's a connection? Oh, I was just giving you a connection between this room and Marvin Glass. That's yeah. Well, we're operating under the assumption that this room was old me's room, right? And that what we—that's what I'm thinking. Or the, yeah, the, it'd be the, pretty the, weird if it wasn't. So he was collecting stuff about Jim Cook. No, he wasn't. He's living in Jim Cook's house. He's just living in his house. You're right. Probably a letter Jim Cook wrote to him, maybe if he's part of the Could circle. Be. Boy, what the fuck? Seconded. Keith walks out the Keith-shaped hole in the wall <laughs> and says, come on, boys, let's go this Let's go to Marvin's. Made for me. Let's go to the glass. Let's go to the glass. Let's do our plan. We have a lot of new information. There's nothing else that tells me we shouldn't just do this. Uh, do what exactly? Do we have a... We're going to Chewbacca you. We're going to Chewbacca you. We're going to... But then what? Oh, then we're going to probably kill everybody. Yeah, I think we're going to have to have a shootout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, maybe before we go to well, what are, what are we armed with now? I got my small powerful gun, but I've just got my service pistol. Can we hit up a gun store in the city? Yeah, for sure. When you guys go downstairs, uh, you would see we had those items sitting out on the kitchen counter. I just want to make sure that we got that all accounted for. The leather holster was grabbed by John. The ring was grabbed by Keith, which is around a, a shoestring on my on my neck. Absolutely, one pube still hanging on, and there is a <laughs> Ziploc bag containing the single tarot card of the devil with several bullet holes in it and a taxidermied baby squirrel. And as you guys are re-looking over all this, you would notice now that you've seen Clark's parents uh, when they were young on the TV, you would recognize that there is a picture of them on the fridge with Jim Cook. They are posing with silly hats and Jim (laughs) Cook is begrudgingly smiling. Does that mean anything to you, Clark? What? This picture. Your oh yeah, I didn't know that they knew each other. No, I I'd, I'd never seen that picture before. Do you think that maybe they had that? Maybe your parents weren't just Wheel of Fortune players. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe we may all be connected in this somehow. I just, yeah, I just, I just don't know. Uh, I seeing that picture on there, I, I just was surprised that they knew each other. I just kind of thought it was neat. It it helped me believe 
that I was on the on the good side when Maggie showed up. That's for sure. My parents. It was nice to see the parents smiling once again. Huh. Clark, did you grab that VHS tape? I did not. Okay. I finished it though, right? I saw everything that was on it. You did indeed. Okay. Was there anything in it? There's nothing like in the the episode or anything that sparked any imagination there, but other than just, you know, seeing your parents. Mm-hmm. But you would notice when you looked at the tape itself, it has been played so many times. Hmm. That just made me sad. <laughs> right on. Maybe even like lifetimes of playing. <laughs> Over and over again. If we pretend that this baby squirrel is for sure from Julie Maxwell, does that does that mean anything? Does that change anything for anybody or mean anything for anybody? If I mean, we, if we take it as fact. When I saw a taxidermy thing, I thought of Julie Maxwell, but it didn't really ping anything in my brain. Have we had any indication that she was in the circle of knowledge? Was she in the circle of knowledge? Uh, I don't. Well, here's here's another thing. Speaking about so. that baby squirrel bag. That devil card, the devil tarot card. There was a file at Marvin Glass's place uh, labeled Satan. And all that was in it was a picture of a, of a woman with short curly hair, shoulder length maybe, and a mouth that took up half her face with a look of unbridled pleasure on it. Did you know her? No. But I remember she had a big mouth because that's one of my favorite Netflix original series. <laughs> <laughs> it really gets to the heart of uh, of the 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 torrid storm that rages in a young person's heart and mind as they go through adolescence. It gets to the heart on of the matter. Yeah, there's a lot of boner stuff too. <laughs> Surprisingly, Keith Figna does not like that television show. <laughs> you don't like Big Man? Not really. Keep that opinion to yourself. Yeah. Okay. Edit, Erase edit, that. Edit, 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 edit. edit. <laughs> It's like the only good show about middle school ever. <laughs> anyway. So devil, Satan, shot tarot card. That just pisses me off because it makes me feel like you had a really chill and easy adolescence. <laughs> I don't want to talk on this right now. I want to keep playing the I game. I do want to talk on this. I don't. We can was, talk about it later. Was your eighth grade just, I just like want to really play the nice? Game. I want to play the game. Fuck I'm you. into Luke the never, RP. Luke never went through an awkward phase. Uh, <laughs> Why are you funny? <laughs> I just want to focus on what we're doing right now. I'm into it. Devil card with bullet holes through it. You saw a Satan file. I mean, I don't know what that means. Well, it's just the last time I saw something, you know, tangentially related to the devil. So yeah. I thought I'd bring it up. Gotcha. Seems like maybe both sides of this are eyeing someone. Hail Satan. That they, yeah, that they. Can I inspect the card a little more? Is there anything else I can glean from it that maybe I missed? As you pull the card out of the bag mm-hmm. your fingers go over each ridge where the bullet holes have struck through it and you feel the ridges and you look at the card and it is a tarot card with bullet holes in it <laughs> <laughs> got me again <laughs> those two things are on my person oh so back to my hypothetical does does jim cook owning a thing that julie maxwell might have made change anything for anybody no okay. doesn't I mean, nothing it, I can it, connect. It indicates that they knew each other, but yeah, maybe. I can't, I can't yeah. think of anything. All right, I pocket that bag with the contents inside. Okay. Boys. I'm about to storm the gates. You want to go? I mean, we ought to arm ourselves. 
And uh, I think we play it by ear once we get inside. <laughs> I mean, we we got our we got our we got our our idea of getting into the depths of Marvin Glass's compound, but once we get in there, Clark, you're probably not going to be armed because no, I mean, he, unless no, unless we, there's something that you can hide away, because you're our you're going to be our our but that uh, doesn't hostage. mean shit. We drag him in there. He can be loaded to the teeth. I mean, the second we reveal our our deception, could, he starts firing too. So I think you should be as secretly armed as you can. But if they, I disagree. I mean, it, it should be hidden, but it's not like we should send him in lightly armed. No, no, I don't think so either. But at the end of the day, you you may be. Unarmed. You won't be unarmed, Clark. Don't worry. I'm gonna fucking. Sit, but like, that's what I'm saying. Your legs. <laughs> that's what I'm. I'm just preparing for the worst. Is you get stripped of your arms. We are armed up enough. We throw you something, but we're gonna have to fight our way out of the middle of. This what, I, what place. I'm saying, man, is the second anybody comes at him to like search him, that's when we start shooting. I th- don't think so. I think we get all the way to Martin Glass until we start shooting. Yeah, if it's if they frisk us at the front door, I don't think we we're not start gonna start shooting, shooting through the front door. We're gonna wait till well, we get to Martin. Hopefully, we'll pass a speech check or something. But <laughs> again, we can come to it when we come to it. Okay, that's. I'm just preparing you. Preparing for the worst. I think That's you all worry I'm too much. I'll put a. The world's I'll, going to hell. I'll put a. Man, John, I actually kind of agree with Keith on this one. If they frisk us and I've got guns on me, if they're going to ask why you didn't take them, we just kill those guys at the door. I don't like. No, and then we start a shootout and we don't win it. I think we I, need I think to get I all go the way. Unarmed. I think we get all the way to Martin Glass before we do anything. We throw a couple guns to him. Yeah, I think that. At the end of the day, because they frisk him, they look at us and they. I mean. They trust us enough, but not more than they trust anybody else that works there. So I'm thinking he goes in unarmed. We go in real armed. If they ask us why we got arms on us, then we say, because we got this guy. He's he's not armed, but he's dangerous. The other members of the Glass family or his henchmen or whatever, do, does everybody know that you're John Lee Pettymore in Kevin's body? or are they- No one knows that. So you... It seemed when we were up in our cages, had a kind of the run of the thing. Exactly. You, you, you're like captain to I'm, his. Yeah, yeah. I'm way higher chief. up than new Charles. I think they're going to trust me. And the only exception is if Rosemary has come back and she thinks we're working against him now, which that might make it hard to get in in the first place. But I think we can bullshit our way past anybody trying to frisk you. You could throw, yeah, you could throw your perceived weight around. Your, exactly. Yeah. And if they, you know, if they find the guns on you. We just say we're getting you here in a hurry, and thanks for finding them and taking them off them, and we'll collect <laughs> them and move on. I agree. Okay, I'm good with that. Let's go buy some guns. Let's head over to the glass compound. With the gun, the gun store first. Gun store. The gun store, I mean. <laughs> and then the glass compound. Welcome to Large Eddie's Gun Emporium. What's the largest gun you got, Large Eddie? Oh, this one right here. It's the it's the cutter in half. Cutter in half? <laughs> Barely knew her in half. <laughs> I step up to the counter. I've got my only gun on me is my large and powerful gun, but I'd like to have like a uh, like an assault rifle on me. Like military fully auto assault rifle. I want to purchase one of those. Okay. Do you have uh money? I Hold on, I've got a. Well, we're in I've the, got a Marvin Glass company card. Yeah, well, we're okay. I've got the credit <laughs> okay. ca- credit card in my wallet. As uh, as John Lee Pettymore says that, the guy his ears kind of perk up, and he's like, "Oh, uh, 
actually, if you guys want to come on back here. And he uh, kicks the back door open. Thank you, Large Eddie. You guys walk into the back room, and it right is... Right into his trap. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, literally... It's, it's just a, a trap door. That we <laughs> ah, next week on Pretending to be People. It's just us falling for 30 minutes. <laughs> Like they're, spy kids. They're going to talk about what to do next uh, as they're falling. You guys walk back into a room that is a plethora of a madman's dreams. What kind of guns do does yes. Keith does Keith see that he that he likes? I don't know anything about guns, but it's all the cool ones. You got big ones and small ones, red ones and blue ones. There's some with cool sights on them, and others have silencers. And there's some big ones. There's some shotguns. So that- Keith Keith eyes a large submachine gun, and it's kind of glowing. And I step up to that one and I touch it. It's kind of like cold to the touch. And I ask Big Eddie, "What's this one?" Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. And he flips a switch and turns off the light that's right behind it and he's like oh that's just a, that's just a real big gun that's a nice cold gun cold fusion gun it, uh, it works in, in in cold weather is that's it, what cold is it a fusion is. Yeah. is it a fusion gun no it yeah. just means it works good in cold it's the cold fusion brand firearm you never heard of cold fusion well, the most I... murderous pieces this side of the mississippi capital c capital f I pick it up and it's about a, it's like a two ARs combined into each other, fully auto. I pick it up, throw it on his card, and I sling it across my back because it's already got a uh, leather strap on it. Ooh, that's nice. I want to grab just a few pistols. You grab a few pistols. You got him. Tucked into the waistband and maybe one in the boot. One in the butt, one in the boot. (laughs) Uh, I want to grab a a powerful pistol with a a large magazine and a semi-automatic shotgun. You grab the two of those. Large Eddie bows in reverence and you all leave. Before we leave your gun emporium, do you have any any smoke grenades, regular grenades, flashbangs? Yeah. I'd like two of each for all my friends and me. Two of each for all your friends. Smoke, flash, and bang. What are the... <laughs> Uh, smoke, flashbang, and um, regular fragmentation. O- original. <laughs> OG. Original recipe. Original flavor, yeah. <laughs> All right, how are you guys approaching this concept to get into the glass place. that is that i is think correct, we yes. go right into uh the front wherever yeah uh so i know pretty well how to get us through there if we go in through the den of sin through the dirty dog room and uh street access okay so i th- i think i can sneak us pretty deep into this place if we uh so we wouldn't even have to like meet some folks at the front door. I like that idea. And then we can walk in there, and as soon as we do... As soon as we meet any kind of resistance, we just say, hey, we're taking this man personally to see Marvin Glass. He murdered. Uh, not to be the broken record here, but then what? Say we get all the way straight to Marvin. We, we kill him, and we shoot him. our way yeah. out. Dude, we kind of want to talk him a little bit, don't we? I mean, yeah. yeah. We just got to prove that we can kill the people protecting him. So we might have to do that. But honestly, there's like a... We shoot... There's, there's probably a 66% chance that this ends in our glorious deaths. <laughs> I'll take the 34. Oh. 
You think it's that high that we? Well, die? I think here's the deal. We we have a shoot yeah, at thirds. We don't kill Marvin Glass. We shoot everybody around him. If we got to shoot him, we injure him. But we talk to him. Maybe he's valuable. Maybe he's not. We kill him. We shoot our way out or sneak our way out, and then we head straight to contention. It's what I think. Try to find Drew. You guys are discussing this as you drive into the heart of the city where John Lee Pettymore knows the alleyway in order to get into the den of sin. And the three of you strapped up exactly how you want to be prepared for what you're diving into. You go and step on this large grate on the ground in this alleyway. John Lee Pettymore pulls the dirty dog grooming key fob out of his hand and lifts it up. And with that, the three of you do fall through a trap door and begin falling. 